You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, we're also joined by one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, here with us as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, to get 20% off the best protein bar on the planet. But before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network. But we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live which airs weekly, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, I hope everyone is very excited about the Austin Eckler interview tomorrow. We appreciate you guys interacting with us over the weekend. We're definitely going to have more clips out from the video we recorded with Austin Eckler, but welcome in. We appreciate you guys checking out the show today, especially our first-time listeners. Welcome in. We appreciate you guys giving us a chance. If you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, and the Austin Eckler interview is dropping tomorrow our first active NFL player on the show and active NFL charger. So make sure you subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. But we have a great show for you guys today because it is Mock Draft Monday 4.0. And we're going to do it a little bit differently today because we have a three-round mock that we're going to be talking about in the second and third segments by Dre Harris that has four picks for the Chargers in the second segment. We're going to be talking about an offensive tackle and a corner that the Chargers picked up in this mock. And then to wrap the show up, we're going to talk about why this one's a little bit different because the Chargers double down on corner again and also pick up a tight end at the end of the third round. So we'll get into all of those picks and how we feel about them and maybe some guys that we would rather choose instead at those positions. But we're going to start the show by talking about a player that the Chargers have met with, and that's Trill Williams, corner slash DB for Syracuse, a guy that's gotten a lot of hype, especially over this last week or so. A really exciting player that the Chargers have now met with virtually. So let's start the show there and let's go ahead and get into it. According to Justin Mello, the Chargers were one of many teams that virtually met with Syracuse DB Trill Williams. He says it's one of his favorite players, and I can see why. I mean, the Chargers are probably going to move to something that's a little bit more versatile defensively, having different guys doing different things now that the defense is actually going to be switching up at times. And this fits that profile, David. This is a guy that I'm not surprised the Chargers are reaching out to. Right now, he's looking like a third or fourth round pick, probably has the athletic profile that you're looking for. Definitely a great athlete, a big body DB, a guy that it's easy to like. And I think that that makes a lot of sense that the Chargers are targeting and potentially in the draft. Yeah, Trill Williams got that size, just sticks that right away, six foot two or, or pretty close to it, 198 pounds. So pretty big for a corner, has a good physical profile there. Uh, during his three years in college, he had 92 tackles, three and a half for loss, four interceptions, and a pick six. Uh, this guy just seems like he's uh, always around the football. I mean, he makes plays. He's very versatile. He's played in the slot. He's played outside. He's played safety. So, uh, you know, in line with that versatility that Brandon Staley is going to want on his defense, he definitely fits the billing as far as that's concerned. He's physical. I think he's a willing tackler. Uh, he's not a great tackler, I would say, but he's definitely very willing. Like I said, he is around the ball a lot. He's a playmaker. I mean, you've seen clips of him just rip the ball out of people's 
hands and go take it for a touchdown in OT. We've seen him, you know, make some spectacular interceptions. Um, some of the things he needs to work on, I'd say, is probably to clean up in man coverage and, and take better angles to the ball in coverage and against the run. But other than that, I mean, his overall profile, if you're looking at him in the middle rounds, Daniel, I think that he definitely has some skills that you could utilize. Yeah, and it's hard to find him sometimes when you're looking at prospect rankings because some people have him as a corner. Some people have him as a safety. But, yeah, I mean, those effort plays that you're talking about, 2019, chasing down T. Higgins against Clemson. I mean, coming out of nowhere to hawk him. I mean, that was a, a play right there that jumped out to me. And I was like, damn, I mean, this guy's getting after it. You know, this guy really wants it. And, you know, shout out to Craig. I know this is one of his big guys in the draft. And I can definitely see why because – if you put him at, you know, corner on the outside, he has the size to do it. He has the speed to do it. Probably, you know, needs a little bit of help as far as getting his head turned around and balls over his head. If he's facing the line of scrimmage, I liked a lot of what I saw. Definitely can close space in a hurry. He's going to be physical when he gets the tackle, and he's super aggressive. He's always trying to rip the ball out. But one of the things that leads to a lot of times is missing tackles, and I think that aggressiveness hurts him sometimes there. Tackling in the open field, I would say, is only okay. He always tries to shoot it. I mean, he's not going to sit and wait for somebody. He's going to go after him, which I think is admirable. But, John, what would you think about the Chargers trying to target somebody like this? Probably around round three, if I was guessing, at least as far as where his draft stock is rising to right now, getting someone versatile like Trill Williams. I would like it if you got him in round three or later. The first two picks, I really want to focus on the trenches preferably offensive mm -hmm. line but after that i'm open to corner and linebacker and all those positions if you feel like you need to go there especially with what's happening with michael davis if he signs or not so a guy like this i feel it kind of would be a good replacement for michael davis if he leaves with how fast he is how much he's willing to tackle and he also has shown that he has an ability in special teams so i feel like you're getting like another nazir adderley if you will you'd have one at corner and one at safety and this with those two guys with their speed and their ability to cover the whole entire field i think i feel like you'd be doing a lot better against the chiefs with how fast their guys well, are with tyree yeah. kills and stuff those kind of guys for sure you have a better chance at covering all them with that much speed does he need to clean up his tackling because of how hard he goes after the tackle sure but that's a easy fix as long as you have someone that wants to tackle you can fix their tackling whereas if you have someone like a rayshon jenkins who never really Went for the tackle. He just was in the area and like lowered a shoulder. And if the guy fell, he fell. You never really saw that wrap up or that urge to go and make the hit. It's hard to get that into guys. They have to want to do that. He already wants to do that. So if he over pursues or if he's going in so fast, that guy just has to juke to the left real quick. And now it's a missed tackle. You can fix that. Yeah, well, definitely. What did we hear and about might... Derwin James too? I mean, when he first came in the league, right? They were like, "All right, you're doing great, but you have to take it down a notch. Sometimes you can't be so over aggressive." Simmer down a little bit, Derwin. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think this could be a spot in the draft, too, where the this could be a little bit of a luxury pick because the Chargers do have two third-round picks. And, yeah, they might deal that second one. But if they don't and they've already taken care of, you know, uh, obviously offensive line and maybe corner with those uh, other two picks, they could double up on corner and use that second, third-round pick to go grab a guy like Terrell Williams. I think if he's the only corner you come away with, I think at least for this year, adding athleticism, as John's talking about, to that secondary is, I think, something that's absolutely necessary. Going up against teams like the Chiefs and, you know, his ability to be that, you know, star or money player 
for Brandon Staley to let him, you know, free up other guys like Derwin James to use his chess pieces around the field. I mean, this guy would bring some needed juice to this secondary. And yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about a guy that comes up in the clutch, about a guy that's there to make big plays always around the football is the guy that you want it thrown at, you know, when the game is on the line. I think he came through in a lot of those situations and it's easy to see why a lot of te- teams are interested, and he seems like one of those guys that, even though some people think he's a fourth-round pick, the hype surrounding him could boost him up you know, to an early third-round pick even, potentially. I mean, we'll have to see, but it seems like this is a sleeper on a little bit too many people's radars to be considered a sleeper too much longer. But we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to be getting into our Mock Draft Monday 4.0, getting into a three-round Mock Draft from the Draft Network, and we're going to get into the first two picks of that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. It's the only place that I bet, and it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And right now, it's going to be a great time to get in on it, guys, because we have March Madness coming up. You can bet NFL futures if you really only like to bet on football. And, I mean, they just have so many things you can bet on. You can bet on awards. You can bet on TV shows, reality TV. I mean, so many different options. So when you're watching TV, you're going to have some juice on something, and it's going to make it that much more interesting. That I can promise you. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code Locked On. that's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, for free money to bet with at betonline.ag. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into Mock Draft Monday 4.0, and we're going to be getting into all seven rounds for the Chargers in this upcoming draft. So today we wanted to look at a mock draft, a three-round mock draft. This one is from Dre Harris from the Draft Network, and we wanted to just talk about the picks he has if we like the draft, and also, you know, maybe some guys that we would potentially take instead. So in the first round here, Rayshon Slater goes right before the Chargers pick, of course, and that happens in some drafts, but in a lot of drafts, and Rayshon Slater slides, and we're all good with Slater at 13. I think we're all pretty much good with Darisaw at 13, even if he's not as refined. Having a guy that's that physical, that athletic, who can make some strides in the pass blocking game, but has the heavy explosive hands to do that, has the athletic ability to do that, that's a guy that you don't mind taking a chance on. So I don't want to focus too much on the 13th overall pick because we have discussed it a lot, but we would all be good with Darisaw with the 13th overall pick, especially if somebody like Slater is already gone. But there's some other guys too. You know, you could like Elijah Vera Tucker better, and I'd get that. Maybe you don't want an interior offensive lineman at the 13th overall pick, but I could see why people would have him higher than Darisaw. In this scenario, the Chargers get Darisaw, and then in the second round of the draft, since they have now covered their bases as far as the offensive line goes in the first round they end up going with a cornerback and they end up going with UCF corner Aaron Robinson and I think this is kind of a volatile guy I think in this draft class because there's people that think super highly of him I definitely saw him at the senior bowl thought he had a pretty good week at the senior bowl but as far as what the Chargers need you would have to wonder where they would want to select him it's a guy that played mostly in the slot for UCF did play a little bit on the outside John but I know, I mean, we just heard in the first segment, you're not super fond of going for a corner as early as the second round. You'd rather be in the trenches, right? Yes, and I also don't want to be wasting a second round pick on a guy who's a slot corner when we already have one, and we're probably going to lose our outside corner to free agency, and we have one in Casey Hayward who might retire soon. we got to get someone that's an outside corner, not a slot corner. So Aaron Robinson doesn't make sense to me. I prefer a guy who came to... Uh, picks later in, in this mock draft, and that's Creed Humphrey. 
we have a glaring need at center, and Creed Humphrey would fit that bill. I had him in one of my mock drafts before when we did our own personal mock drafts. So that's a guy mm-hmm. I feel like we can go for. Samuel Cosme went 52nd, a few picks after that. I feel like one of those two guys would be a way better fit for us than a slot corner. He's a, he's a good player. He's, I'm not saying he's someone that's like if we got him, he'd be really bad, but you would just be addressing something that's not as much of a need compared to someone like an outside corner, offensive line, or even a defensive lineman. I definitely understand that. I mean, it's hard to get excited about a slot corner, even though, I mean, I think some people are even projecting him as potentially a safety. We will see, and I mean, watching his tape, you saw a little bit of Richie Grant as well, who is a really good player for UCF playing safety too, but he's not a super athletic guy. He's not a guy that you're going to draft and just be like, okay, well, we'll take the physical tools and we'll figure out everything else, right? I mean, he's a guy that played a lot in the slot. Another very aggressive tackler and a good tackler. I mean, they had him inside and he was definitely, you know, giving it all for tackling. And I love corners that can tackle, but not super fond of Aaron Robinson at this big. Like you said, I mean, I would rather go for Creed Humphrey. Same will cause me. I mean, they go tackle in the first round, but I think is probably a better prospect, more of what the Chargers need than Aaron Robinson is. But the other big things with him is, I mean, a lot of times he's getting beat off the line of scrimmage and he's kind of already behind the receiver as they're getting into their route. And a lot of times he makes up the ground and makes plays on the football, which I really like. And I like that part of his game, the physicality of his game, David. Not sure I would take him with the 47th overall pick, just given the Chargers needs and who was available in this mock. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to to justify taking Aaron Robinson at this pick because there are other players that could address better needs, like you guys said, Creed Humphrey, Samuel Cosme. I would prefer both of those guys. But Aaron Robinson, you know, like you said, has some of the tools that, that you like to see. And also, I think an underrated aspect of his game is that he's a good blitzer. I mean, every time he came after the quarterback, he affected the quarterback. He definitely got him off his spot. And made him, you know, uncomfortable and make him make plays that he didn't want to make. So, uh, as well as uh, the other features that you mentioned, I think that's an underrated part of his game. And yes, I loved his ability to to keep the contain on the outside and really run sideline to sideline to try to cut off the edge. So those are some of the things I liked about Aaron Robinson. But he needs to work on some coverage and instincts. I think he just needs to kind of get a better feel of where he is on the football field. And also another guy who needs to take better angles. And also he had a concussion in 2018. And concussions are always things that you have to think about going into the next level because if those pile up, obviously we know that can have a long-term detrimental effect. So some good things, but yes, I am in line with you guys. I would much prefer to address the offensive line as far as how this mock draft is laid out. Yeah, and I mean, there's other corners I like too. I mean, I like Greg Newsom from Northwestern as a guy that they could potentially target here instead of Aaron Robinson. Like what he's been able to do on the outside and just really like his tape and what I've seen from him so far. And like John said, I mean, if you want to, double up on the offensive line I'm not going to be you know super against that either it's just even though this is a guy who is very physical does a lot of the things you like is a player you would want on your team in a vacuum right I mean he's gonna you know even the catches he gives up he's limiting the yards after the catch because he's always right there to make the tackle I just think that it's hard to justify with this pick with the people that were available I would rather have Creed Humphrey I'd rather have Greg Newsom. I would rather just have somebody that you can put on the outside and I don't know if I'd be comfortable putting Aaron Robinson on the outside full time. But John, I think there is something, I mean, if you can, you know, if you're not going to go after an edge rusher or something like this, going with an offensive lineman and now coming out of the draft at this point through two rounds with Christian Darisaw and Creed Humphrey is something, I mean, that sounds pretty good. That sounds amazing. That's 
two really big positions that you need that are just already filled. Now it's just about whether they're going to actually be bust or not, but you at least put a, a chance at fixing it. With Instead of what we've done in the past few years where we go, okay, this is where we get that offensive lineman that we need, and then we get a linebacker and we're like, what? We just had a really good offensive lineman on the board. What's going on here? But if you got Darisol, really good left tackle with a lot of size, and Creed Humphreys, this a lot of size, can hold his own at the center position, has a really good IQ, that's two positions fixed. And now you can probably look for a free agent to really spice it up if you wanted to. You already have uh, a couple of guys on your roster that you could probably work in. I don't know what they want to do with Balaga and Turner, but I feel like you can maybe make something out of those guys. But if two really young offensive linemen and maybe next year get another couple offensive linemen, and now you got maybe three or four young offensive linemen that you can really groom and have for years to come. Well, I think it's the time to do that now anyway. I mean, we've seen the Chargers only pick one offensive lineman in the first round in the last, what, eight to ten years? Uh, DJ Fluker was the last one. It, it's time. It's time to address the offensive line in the first round and in the second round. I think underlined. This is... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, a guy, he's still in the league, right? I mean, I think he hasn't really been that great, but... Yeah, he's still in the NFL. I mean, that's saying something. But this is the time to get more youth, to get more ability on that offensive line. The time to invest these resources is right now. Yeah, of course, you always want to take the best player available. But in this round right here for this pick, I just don't know if they're getting something that's enough of a need. I think they have two guys right now that are probably best suited to play inside in the slot. And that is Casey Hayward Jr. and Chris Harris Jr., I think, at this point in their careers. And I think there's still some impact players on the board that, I mean, you could find a, a pass rusher. You could take a Boogie Basham. You could find another guy here that could potentially make a greater impact and also filling in something that you need. So I don't really understand this pick here, but he wasn't done then because he also added another corner in the third round. So we're going to get into the third and fourth Chargers pick, both in the third round, coming up right after this. But I have to tell you guys again about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar's. And for me, guys, it's always going to be about taste. So that's what I always start out these reads talking about because if it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. And the best thing about Built Bar is you have the variety that you're looking for. Not only are they always coming up with new flavors, but even just their base of flavors like caramel, brownie, carrot cake, coconut almond, peanut butter, banana bread. There's so many different flavors to choose from. You can get the kind of that you want and you're always going to find something that you like with Built Bar. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. The nutritional value is there too because you're always going to be getting something that's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It's great for the keto diet and it's really the best tasting protein bar you're going to find. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the third and fourth picks by Dre Harris from the Draft Network. In his three-man mock draft where he has the Chargers taking Christian Darisaw and Aaron Robinson with his first two picks, filling out needs at corner and offensive line in his mind, obviously. And then with the next pick, he goes back-to-back rounds with a cornerback, and he goes Paulson Adebo, cornerback from Stanford. Definitely not one of the hyped-up guys that we've been seeing everyone talk about. I mean... I saw a couple of guys I really liked with Keith Taylor Jr. and also Benjamin St. Juice at the Senior Bowl. 
Both guys I would potentially consider in this round if I didn't have a corner yet at this point, but both guys that are very talented. This guy is a little bit tricky, David, because with him, he did opt out of the 2020 season, and his best season as a college football player was probably 2018, which is Probably one of the reasons this guy isn't thought of as a better prospect, given, you know, his resume. Well, this is a guy who really missed out on an opportunity in 2020 to really kind of answer all the questions that came from his tape. I mean, in 2018, he's phenomenal, right? I mean, he's a world beater. He has a lot of great games, a lot of great stat lines that he put together. But in 2019, he got hurt, and he also missed a lot of that season. And he also just didn't play very well. So instead of taking the opportunity to clear up the Jekyll and Hyde situation and really put all the questions to, to bed and raise his draft stock, he, uh, he opted out, which, you know, that is his choice. But that's what makes this so difficult as far as trying to pinpoint where he should go. But when you look at Paulson Adebo, I you put on his tape, and I enjoyed what I saw. He's a very fluid athlete. He's got good agility, good instincts. He's a smart football player. He's very tenacious, and he's explosive against the run, which is something I really appreciate and something that Brandon Staley wants out of his corners is the guy, guys who can tackle. But his best skills are his ball skills. Eight interceptions in 22 games. Uh, also led the nation in passes defense from 18 to 19 with 24. He's a ball hawk. But that's the thing is his tape is up and down. You just you don't know which version of Paulson and Debo that you're going to get. If it's the 2018 version, man, I would take that guy in a heartbeat. But that's just the thing. You just don't know who you're going to get out there. And the weird thing about him, too, is that the season-ending injury in 2019 was undisclosed. So you still don't know what the medical red flags could potentially be there, right? And then he didn't want to take the chance of getting injured again in 2020, so opted out, started focusing on the draft. But yeah, eight interceptions in two years is wild. The way he attacks the ball at the catch point is crazy. I mean, sometimes he's running those routes with guys like he's a wide receiver, and he's always making a play on the football, but... His aggressive tackling, I like the fact that he was able to, you know, not be afraid to go up and try to get his hands dirty and make tackles. But at the same time, it did come with a couple of really big missed tackles, including one where he got truck sticked. And according to Pro Football Focus, 25 missed tackles on 135 attempts. That's one thing that we all hate is somebody that misses tackles as a corner. He did have some issues there, but... John, at his best, of course, I mean, he was tracking after 2018. He was thought to be a first-round pick. Then everything that's happened since, I mean, that's why guys like this fall. But of course, hey, if you're taking a chance in the third round with a guy who's shown the ceiling that he has, I understand why you'd want to take a swing on this guy later on in the draft. Yeah, his ceiling is probably what makes you want to take a chance on him in the third round. But at the same time, like like it says, if his production went down, so does that mean he is easy to figure out? Did teams go back? Because usually when you pay for someone in the Pac-12, you're going to be playing the same teams every year. So those teams just went back and said, okay, last time we played him, this is what happened. And now we're going to do this. And it's, it seems to show that it, it whatever they did to adjust him, it worked. So is he easy to game plan against? I think that's another thing you would worry about. I mean, if you look at his mock draft, though, the guy that came after him was Jabril Cox. And I think that would be a way better investment for the Chargers then Adebo, and then if you go 12 spots later, the guy we talked about in the first segment, Trill Williams, is still available. Probably a way better pick at corner for the Chargers, so I think there's better options. Mm-hmm. I think I think for Adebo, I think it's going to be a gamble. It's going to be a project as well. You're going to have a guy who you know what, you're, what you could get because of 2018. 
you've seen that he declines. He's had an injury history, but you could also make him your project where you build him back up to that ceiling. And you could probably make him kind of like a Richard Sherman. Sherman went to Stanford as well. He was a fifth round pick, I believe. And he look what he turned into. So I feel like he'd be that same kind of thing. He'd be a, he'd be a Richard Sherman project really. Well, one of the things that plagued him the most was double moves, right? I mean, and that's one of the things, if you're a super aggressive corner, you know, like a Marcus Peters, I would say, is a really great comp. I don't think he's as good as Marcus Peters. His ball skills aren't that good, but I think it's a good comp where he's going to miss some tackles. He's going to try to guess at times and make big plays, and he's going to make some big plays, and he's going to give up some big plays. I mean, he went up against an NFL player now in Gabe Davis with the UCF, and he got torched for two touchdowns getting beat on double move. So it does depend on which one you get, but I understand the thought process of, hey, if you can find that ceiling there, go for it. For me, there were other guys that went right behind him that I would rather take a chance on. Keith Taylor Jr., Trill Williams, Benjamin St. Juiced. I like those guys too. So maybe I need to watch some more of him. I mean, obviously the tape is really old for him. I watched four or five games, got a pretty good sense of it. And I understand why it would be enticing. Still wouldn't necessarily be the pick for me, but Let's get into the fourth pick because one of the things we talked about before the show is, hey, maybe if this is a draft where they lose Michael Davis and Hunter Henry, it makes more sense because they're taking two corners and they take a tight end with the 97th overall pick. And it's Hunter Long from Boston College, the tight end. And I think this is something that if you have Hunter Henry, maybe, I mean, if you franchise him, maybe this is the guy that, you know, takes over in a year. But the problem with me for this one is he wouldn't even be the tight end I would necessarily take there. I understand that he's a pretty good route runner. He definitely rounds off some of his routes, especially deeper down the field. I thought his hands were pretty good, but nowhere near, obviously, someone like Hunter Henry who catches everything. But he didn't have a crazy athletic profile where you could see a top, you know, whatever tight end. I didn't see necessarily the ceiling there with him, David. For me, I would rather have a guy with like Brevin Jordan who has shown the ability to block and at least want to block. So did Hunter Long. He was a pretty good blocker. One of the better tight end college players I saw. But I don't know about this pick. I mean, I'm okay with getting a tight end. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be Hunter Long per se. But, I mean, he definitely produced. I mean, he was the focal point of Boston College's uh, uh, offense. And they threw the ball to him a lot. I mean, 89 targets. In a shortened season, that's pretty crazy. He had 57 yeah, and I think it was receptions. like 22 more targets than any other tight end in the country, something like that. Which is crazy. I yeah. mean, considering that there's the number one tight end in the draft, Kyle Pitts. Anyway, 57 receptions, 685 yards, five touchdowns. That's pretty solid production coming from a tight end. So, I mean, this is a guy who does have a, a rounded skill set where he can he runs pretty decent routes. He does have some decent hands. He is an, a willing blocker. He has the size you're looking for, six foot five, two fifty. So, I mean, he'd be a solid pick. But this would be one of those picks in the draft where I'd be, I'd kind of be like, eh, okay. But I wouldn't be super excited about it. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I don't think it's a flashy pick by any means. I also don't totally hate it. I mean, in this where you haven't, you know, added anything to the defensive line at this point would really concern me. I would hope, you know, you get some sort of pass rusher or interior defensive lineman potentially in the first three rounds. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you want it all that you can want, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But for me, if I'm taking a late third round tight end, I would take the athletic traits of Brevin Jordan, a guy I've seen a lot of at Miami. I just think there's a, a lot higher of a ceiling there. And I think that with Hunter Long, I mean, he's a long strider. He takes a little bit to get up to full speed. If you're running something like a whip route or something, he's probably not going to beat a corner or maybe even some linebackers outside. But I definitely understand, hey, dependable guy, a guy you've seen used in a lot of ways, John. I mean, they'll run tight end screens for him. They'll split him outside. 
They'll put him as kind of an H back at times. I mean, they used him a lot of ways, and you've seen him used with success. I think it's just hard to get excited about that pick specifically. Yeah, I agree. I don't really see the athletic side of him. So when it comes to the NFL, I don't know if he's going to actually be the same route running, pass catching tight end that you saw at Boston College. I think he would take a step down. He'd probably be your tight end two. You'd have to develop him into your tight end one. But even then, I don't think he's that great of a future for you. I like your pick with Brevin Jordan. That's a way better fit, I think, for the Chargers, especially because after he catches the ball, he's just so aggressive and has a really good run after the catch. Along with wants to block, as you mentioned, that's a really good way to put it. He wants to block, and he's really aggressive at blocking. I think that's a better pick for the Chargers, but with Hunter Long, I feel like it's another project. Best best word to use, I think that's another project for you. It's a guy you're going to try to develop. If Hunter Henry is not your future, if you franchise tag him again and then he's gone the next year, you're developing Hunter Long into your new guy. Yeah, and I think Hunter Long could be okay, right? I mean, I think if you're getting an average tight end with your third round pick, you're probably pretty happy with that, right? I mean, a guy that you know has receiving abilities. He's not just, you know, some stark stiff that can't move around at all. I mean, he can run pretty good routes. I was impressed with some of the things he did. I just wasn't buying the hype that I saw from some people. For me, if I'm taking a swing here, get me Brevin Jordan. Give me the upside and a guy that you could potentially be a, a little bit more of a game changer, a big yards after the catch monster, a guy that you can, you know, do something little with and have him turning into a home run. I mean, I would rather take the chance, I think, on him than someone like Hunter Long. And in this draft, he was available. So that's where I would go, and I would hope the Chargers would be innovative enough offensively to not just need someone like Hunter Long, who if you're going to run the routes you had Hunter Henry running where he's just going to you know, go find a soft spot in the zone six yards away, Hunter Long could definitely do that. I mean, he's enough of a receiver to do that. He's a pretty good blocker. He's a well-rounded player. Just not something that gets me excited. And for this draft overall, coming out of the first three rounds with two corners, a tight end, and an offensive tackle, I have to be happy that an offensive tackle went in the first round for the Chargers at 13th. I mean, they haven't done it in forever. So happy about that. Happy about attacking the cornerback position in the first three rounds, but not coming away with any defensive linemen in those picks. No edge rushers. No kind of production in that sense. And then taking a tight end in Hunter Long. Wasn't stoked on that. But this is just Mock Draft Monday 4.0. We have a lot more to get into. And we'll be getting more into the guys that we like specifically as we get closer to the draft. I mean, don't worry guys. In April, all we're going to have to talk about is the draft. So we're going to get into so many more prospects and stuff. But we like doing this Mock Draft Monday for you guys. Just to give you our general consensus on certain players. Especially some of the ones that are getting mocked to the Chargers. So that is going to wrap things up for today's show. But not to fret guys. Because you know tomorrow. Tomorrow, you have to be back with the show because we are interviewing Chargers starting running back Austin Eckler. Really loved the way the interview turned out. I really loved the way he answered questions. We can call him the anti-Justin Herbert. I mean, he was super engaged. Said everything I think you want to hear without just saying the things that all NFL players say, right? So I think there's a lot of informative stuff. We'll have clips out of it on social media. And we really want you guys to check that out because it was really cool that he took the time to come join us and I thought you know it ended up being a really really good interview so that'll be tomorrow probably about a 20 minute interview gave us a lot of his time super excited about that but until then make sure to follow us on twitter at lockdown lac we'll be sharing a lot of the clips we'll be sharing them on all of our social media platforms make sure to go like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as giving us a follow on our new instagram page at locked on chargers I know we've seen some of our voicemail callers and twitter followers on there we appreciate you guys if you guys want to get on the show on a voicemail, we haven't had a ton of voicemails lately, but we'll definitely be trying to get into some this week. The number is 
524-7924. And we try to get every charge voicemail played on the show. But be back with us here tomorrow, guys, for that Austin Eckler interview. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.